I think anybody's fear as they grow a business is like, am I doing this too big, too fast? All right. So we got Tanner Conradi with us, Conradi and son, which side note, when are we going to put the S on the back of that, Tanner? <laughs> I, I am the and son part of Conradi and son. And there is only one, one son in my generation. So that is where it will end. Dang, so we don't know, like Tate, when he becomes 18 or something like that, we're not going to add the S onto it? Well, then maybe at that point, I'll have built up enough of a uh, reputation to be the Conradi part, and he can take over the Anson part. There you go. That's cool. That's awesome, man. Well, thanks for taking the time. Really excited to talk with you about some of this stuff, specifically about your business and, and your upbringing within the business and making and molding it into your own thing. So um, we have, for the audience, we have a lot of these conversations on our runs, just talking about business, talking about leadership. So you're super insightful and I'm excited for some other people to get to hear some of that. A lot of people in Wilmington know the story, but go ahead and share just, you know, your upbringing within the business as your dad started it, Ralph. What did that all look like when you were kind of growing up high school, college, and as you worked your way into the business? Yeah, my dad grew up in Florida and New Jersey as a well within a family of contractors and carpenters and, and construction people. His, his dad was in that. His, himself, he's one of six. Two of his brothers, one still lives in New Jersey. He was like, all, he was a hardwood floor guy. He was a carpenter. He was the construction manager for a college. Uh, he's retired now. And he has another brother who was a contractor here in Wilmington for a long time moved up to the mountains of North Carolina, was a contractor up there for a long time. He's back in town now working for a contractor. Uh, and then my dad, and then I am of, of all six of that generation of Conradies and all the kids that they all had and all the cousins that I have, I am the only one that is in the construction industry uh, in my generation level, um, aside from my sister, who is our office manager. Yeah. So growing up, you know, we did tons of activities. My parents are very active. They're still very active. We were all very active growing up with sports and, you know, the ocean and the surf and the boats and the fishing and all this stuff. So we were always outside, you know, when we were on summer vacation, we were in camp or we were accompanying my dad to the job site for a morning and then maybe meeting up with my mom at her fitness studio in the afternoon. So both of my parents, you know, have always been entrepreneurs. They've always kind of been their own boss, done their own thing. And I've been able to watch them both build, you know, really big and strong reputations in, in their industries. That's cool. What, um, I didn't know that about, I mean, I knew some of what your mom did, but what kind of businesses did she own? She was a personal trainer um, for a long time as, right. as I was a kid. So she had her own like personal training studio where she taught, you know, one-on-one -on -one training sessions all day. And she did some group classes at some different gyms around town. Um, she went into teaching for a little while as I was in high school and early college. And then she she's now does a ton of yoga instruction. She teaches some private classes and some group classes at her own little studio at their house uh, and also at some of the studios around town. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I know my dad's an entrepreneur and I just know growing up, uh, my dad started his business in 08. Getting that perspective of what an entrepreneur is much more of a roller coaster, you know, than a nine to five and um, I can only imagine some of the things they taught you growing up. As you kind of came within yourself in high school, what was your outlook on, you know, your dad's business? And did you think about working for him? Was he trying to get you to work for the company? What did that look like? Um, in high school, it was the last place I wanted to be. I did not want to go to the job site, mainly because every time I did, the only thing that I got to do was like pick up trash or carry lumber. 
Um, it was usually on a Saturday morning after we would play a football game on Friday night. He'd wake me up early and be like, all right, come on, we're going to the job site to clean up. Um, or I need your help, you know, moving windows to the fourth floor of this beach house. Kind of like it was just it was the worst place that I wanted to be. I enjoyed being around like the guys and like the camaraderie and the joking and stuff like that that you would get like building those relationships. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't enjoy being the the bottom of the totem pole guy <laughs> that everybody wanted to like boss around and especially being the boss's son, being in high school, being an athlete, they were like, you know, it was their chance to kind of just like use me as a punching bag. Yeah. You were kind of taking the place of their anger, taking it out on Ralph and instead they were taking it out on you. <laughs> yeah. They would all tell you that my dad was like really hard to, you know, he was, a, he was hard on people. He, you know, he was a perfectionist. Uh, he expected a lot out of everybody. And so I know there's lots of times where people would kind of get annoyed and frustrated with that on the job site. Yeah. They, they'd probably all tell you that they, took some of those frustrations out on me at one point or another. Yeah, I have similar experiences to that. So I completely understand. So you went to college, you went to NC State, right? Kind of fast forward to the part where you yep. came home and, and started to work for your dad. So I went to NC State my freshman year of college, um, you know, ending, ending my athletic career at the end of high school. One of the things that I thought I would want to be involved in still forever was sports. I went to NC State for turf grass management because I thought being a greenskeeper or a ground crew on a football or a baseball field would be awesome. I wasn't ready to let go of sports yet, and I didn't know what that other outlet would be as far as that, you know, that teamwork and that team building type mentality that I always kind of thrived in. And so turf grass management seemed like a natural fit, but as soon as I got into like some of the botany classes and stuff about plants, I didn't care about it at all. It wasn't interesting to me. You put the plant in the ground you water it it's supposed to grow like all the I'm terrible at chemistry all the chemical things I was just it wasn't a good fit for me so I came home Christmas break and I was like you know dad can I just work for you for the month make some money go back to school for this next semester and it was the that was the first time so what's that that's my Christmas break of my freshman year of college he like set me side by side with one of the carpenters, you know, we're sitting on a walk board. He's teaching me how to do flashing and teaching me how to run cedar shakes and whatever we were working on at the time, back frame, whatever. And like the first time I got to be like hands-on and like really involved in the process and seeing some of the results and understanding, starting to understand like how this stuff worked. I like naturally gravitated towards that. You know, the idea of instant results was huge to me. Like you walk in in the morning you put a bunch of siding on the wall at the end of the day you see exactly what you did like to me that was that was a this huge you know reassurance of like what you're doing is fun and cool and you can see results rather than working nine twelve months you know for some some sale that you're kind of thinking you're plugging along on and maybe you're not yeah so that part of it really attracted me to the business you know when i got back to school i started talking to advisors and seeing like what other majors were available for me at state between you know obviously they have a killer and engineering program, which was not necessarily something I felt I needed for custom home building or business school. And at the time, you know, I felt I go to business school and I just, you know, spending money to get a degree, even though I may not need a degree to run a family business. And so I made the decision after, after my freshman year at NC State to come home and just start working full-time for my dad and start learning the trade, learning the industry. That's awesome. And so how long did you end up staying in the field you know, before you moved into either a leadership role in the field or a supervisor role? So, you know, looking back now, I'm very fortunate that my dad forced me to learn the trade. 
it would have been easy for him to just kind of leapfrog me into more of a manager role mm -hmm. because of what I wanted to do. Um, but he, he forced me to, to sit back and learn the trade and be a carpenter's helper. And so during that period of time, I, I was not in college. I was in my you know late teens, early twenties, all my buddies were in college. So I pretended I was on the weekends, yeah. um, but, <laughs> but all week long, you know, I was, I was working seven, seven thirty to five, five thirty, six o'clock every single day, Monday through Friday. Uh, and a lot of Saturdays, you know, just like everybody else on the crew, I was getting paid by the hour. Um, there was no favors. There was no promises. It was just, you know, here's your lead carpenter. You're his helper. You do what he says. And so I, I was involved in, in multiple construction projects, renovations, new constructions, rot repairs from start to finish framing through trim. And so I got a real good hands-on learning curve to all of the carpentry field part of it. And then knowing that, you know, being a contractor was kind of like what I wanted to do. I was able to kind of just use that time, a lot of it at the beginning, just to kind of observe the whole process. And like when the plumber comes, when the heating and air guy comes, when the electrician comes, you know, trying to listen in on conversations as best I could and walkthroughs to understand some of the technology and some of the decisions behind why certain things get run specific ways. And as I got better and better at the carpentry side of things and, and showed that I was internalizing some of the construction side of things, you know, I started to get a little bit more site responsibility running, you know, either making sure that I was there to meet the electrician and show him where we needed to move wires or walking through with the homeowner when they would come to site just to kind of be the representation for the company if my dad was on a different site at the time. And then, of course, accompanying him to some of the sales calls, you know, the, the business development stuff, meeting with potential clients and understanding what they're trying to do and listening to him explain what rules would apply to certain projects, setbacks and flood zones and all those kinds of things. So just kind of really tried to take myself and immerse it deeply into what I was doing daily so I could try to learn as much as possible. During that time is when I got my contractor's license. So I was, you know, I wasn't in college. So at some point I decided well, maybe I should be studying for something. So I took the class and started studying for the exam. Um, I got, I think I was like the same week that I turned 21. I think I passed my contractor's exam. So it was like, that was a huge week. It was a big week for me. <laughs> I'm sure you were fired up. <laughs> Dang. So I kind of want to hone in on something that you said there, because I hear you talking about it a lot. And I also have this same conversation with other builders, contractors alike. Looking back, I know it didn't feel good. You're like, I'm, you know, framing, I'm doing this. You know, I'm sure there was feelings of my dad owns a company. Do I really need to be doing some of this stuff? But just speak the how invaluable it is to actually, you're in the field with the guys, you know, you're able to learn how to communicate with them, right? We all know sometimes subs will show up to job sites. It's not perfect. Um, it could ruin their day. You know, they don't get they don't get something done, they move on, or on the accounting side, they end up billing for something that could have been, you know, fixed prior to them coming. Speak to like the communication aspect of, gosh, how important is that? How invaluable is that for like maybe a younger, some of the younger guys that you're starting to bring on that they get exposure to that early in their careers? Yeah, I think there's, there's a few parts to that that are really valuable. The, the first one is just the general building the relationship with the guys on the job site, whether that's carpenters or tradesmen or vendors or homeowners or designers or whoever it is, like being available and, and showing that you're there on site, you know, those people see that and they, it offers them kind of another level of respect, I think for you. I always felt that I had to work even harder than most people in that 
capacity because I felt like people gave me this whole extra level of, of, I don't, I don't know what the word is, but being the owner's son, right? Like, yeah. Oh, he's just got a kind of a free pass to get past some of this stuff. And so to me, I felt like I had to work a little bit harder at what I was present, how I was presenting myself on the job site than, than somebody else, because I didn't want people to think I was getting any handouts or any sort of free pass. Like I was working just as hard as, or if not harder than them, because that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this, as you well know, this relationship is, or this business is so much about relationships that the earlier that you can start to build those and, and show yourself as a presence, the, the stronger those relationships are going to be. And the reality is we have so many people that we work with today that I've known since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they started working with me through high school and, you know, and then college when I started really taking it serious, they, you know, saw me more and they've been able to see this whole progression of what I've, where I've been and what I've been able to become that it just, I feel like it offers another little bit more level of respect from some of those people rather than just saying like, oh, well, he doesn't really know what he's talking about. He just passed a contract with exam yeah. and he was the boss's son. Right. That's awesome. And so now fast forward, obviously, again, many of us locally know this, but you know, you've taken over for your dad pretty much full-time. I know Ralph's still involved, but how do you then pass the torch to some of your other guys, your other project managers and make sure, you know, Richard, David, Will, Joe, these guys are treating your customers the same way that you would treat them. What is, what kind of processes do you have in place so that those guys handle their quote unquote projects that they're responsible for with the same level of care, enthusiasm, Conradi values for whatever those are that you would? Yeah, I think continuing to be available, continuing to communicate. I think it's important that those guys realize that we're all still a team and like everybody has a role to play within that team. But I'm, I'm not just getting a new, going out, selling our company to get a new project, turning it over to them and saying like, call me when it's done, right? Like mm-hmm. continuing to be available and show them that I'm here to answer questions. I'm here to be your resource. I'm here to be the homeowner's resource. Everybody has different parts and pieces of a project that they really like or really don't like. And if I can help them to either ease some of the parts that they don't like so they can spend more time doing the stuff that they do like and that they're really good at, but also still allowing them to start to build that skill set because it is ultimately important that they, whether they like it or not, they can still have experience and some availability to do whatever that task might be. Mm -hmm. That's really good. And you do a great job. I mean, that's obviously the conversation that we all have. And I'm sure you get a lot of feedback on the guys. you got great guys and, and they represent the company so well. So I just wanted to highlight that because it's really hard as you build out a team to get that many guys kind of working in the same direction, rowing the boat in the same direction. So you've done a great job with it. As you kind of getting geared up to take over more of the day-to-day of Conradi and Son, what were some fears? What were some anxieties that you had, whether it be financial or logistically or operationally or personnel-wise, um, acquiring jobs, right? What was, what was the big fear that you faced personally in that season? Well, I think, you know, at the beginning, it was just a little bit of a different um, opinion on how the business is going to be structured between my dad and I. 
mm-hmm. you know, he was, he loves being a carpenter. Like that's what he always loved to do. So he never wanted to lose that part of the role. I kind of told him from an early part of this, you know, transition when I was first learning it all, I was like that, I, you know, I understand the value. I like being a carpenter, but like, I want to be a, a contractor. Like I want to, I want to take it, you know, to another level from a business standpoint. And that's why, you know, when I did end up going back to UNCW, I was like, you know, I've, I've learned the field stuff on the job. I can't get any more value than that. Like that's the most valuable place for me to learn it, but I'm going to go to UNCW. I'm going to learn the business side of this. You know, I'm going to continue to educate myself on that side. And I think I appreciated going back to school later than I would have had I gone as a 19, 20 year old kid because I was able to directly relate it. And I always thought it was interesting when I was in a business management class when they would talk about family businesses and transition of ownership from generation to generation, because you know, one of the things that, you know, everybody harps on is, Oh, well, they took this really you know great family business and they built it up so quick and so fast that it crashed and burned. And being that my dad has built such a great reputation and my name and his name is on the sign together, that was something that was not a possibility for me to want to do. And so I think anybody's fear as they grow a business is like, am I doing this too big, too fast? How do I make sure that, like you said, all the right guys are in the right place? And so I've, I've just tried to be very, very mindful and strategic of the reputation that my dad built and how he got that reputation in trying to make sure that that doesn't get affected. Mm-hmm. That's really good. So you've obviously successfully, at least from the outside looking in, scaled your business pretty well in the first couple of years of you taking over. Were there any things that you had to kind of pull the reins back on? Yeah, for sure. I think one of the hardest things about running or and or owning a business is saying no. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm ultra competitive. So I never want to lose a job that I'm bidding against somebody else because I don't like to lose. <laughs> so in my competitiveness probably works against I've, me in that situation. I've, I've run with you for three or four years now. I know that to be a fact for sure. <laughs> um, but also just understanding that like, I want to be able to provide every project the same attention. I want every client to feel like they're our only project. Yeah. and I know they all know that they're not, but I, I want them to feel that they are. Like I work really hard to be available a lot, you know, and I tell my guys the same thing. And that's one of the areas where oftentimes I can help them, you know, if it's, if it's weekends or after hours and, and we've got a group email or text message thread going with homeowners and, and they don't like to spend that time responding then and, and I am available and can do it, like, then oftentimes I will. Just as an effort to say, hey, homeowner, we're here you know, we're here for you right now all the time. So that's really good. I'll get you out of here on this, you know, as a business owner, as a leader of, of y'all's company, what are you learning right now? That was like, maybe just something you never thought about and, or was just kind of a sticking point with you in your career that, that you're fired up about. I think I'm continuing to learn more and more about the, just the people involved in the day-to-day operations and how to best support them, whether that's you know, through emotional or, or financial or, or physical support, you know, being able to be there for everybody between our guys and our suppliers and our vendors and our homeowners, just, you know, continuing to learn how to be there and be available to make everybody successful 
is something that I think, you know, I, I really like that part of it. I like being able to, to help people get to the point they want to be at in their career or get a project past the finish line, whatever it is. I think being able to help people feel successful is, is something that I really enjoy. That's really cool. I can relate to that too, as, as we kind of grow, refine, and we're starting to figure out kind of the different departments, the different operations and, and how everything kind of works together. I'm spending more and more time focused on our team internally than just right. trying to, to sell externally. And it's a hard shift because, right, you're working on something completely different. Um, and it's a constant nurturing process, right? Of you're trying to pour into these people, there's ups and downs with that, right? You know, people and seasons, it's, we all have our stuff that we bring to, to relationships and stuff and situations. Yeah. It's really hard and growing a business and it's really hard growing a business from within like you're doing. So I think it's super valuable that, you know, you speak to that because I'm learning, you know, I'm learning to stop, yeah. stop the doing and, and focus on kind of the, the grooming of your people, hiring the right people, training them well, and then just being yeah. there from a support system for them as they, like you said, develop their careers and, and, at the end of the day, my dad always taught me this too. It's like, if your people get what they want, you're probably getting what you want to from your yeah. business, right? So yeah, for sure. It's really yeah, good. I, I completely agree with that. You know, the, the people are, are what's going to support it. And like you said, they're the ones that are, you know, in most cases, and, and I was in the same position, they're the ones that, that are representing us from a day to day everywhere they go. And I have to remind them of that all the time. Like, anytime you're going anywhere, like people are going to associate you with, with the business. So, you know, you have to be conscious of that. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Tanner, thanks for taking the time, man. It's a great yeah, story. Thank you. I've heard these things a couple of times, but I'm excited to get this on, on a podcast so we can, you know, listen to it, get out there for a few people to listen to super valuable. And so I really appreciate your time. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. Doug. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you guys enjoyed, please give us a like or share the refining exchange with someone that could find this valuable. We're looking forward to learning and growing with you guys on the next one.